Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Bait to Heal Community Podcast. Woo! Woo! <laughs> That's right. I'm excited to be here today. You are. Uh, Rick Flair ain't got nothing on us. That's all I'm saying. So we are in uh, beautiful Studio B, and I'm here with Pastor Nick Plummer. Right. It's great to be here. It is really, really great to be here. Uh, as always, Thank you for watching. If you're new to our podcast, thank you for joining us. Hopefully you can start joining us uh, week in and week out. We love what we do. Christians with Torah. We, I think it's self-explanatory, but it isn't always, right? It's the opposite of lawlessness. Have you seen any lawlessness in the streets? So isn't the anti-Messiah the lawless one? Yes. And so we believe in the Messiah who's not lawless. That's right. He's lawful. Uh, he's lawful. Oh, what? Interesting how that works. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just little tidbits there. Um, but, you know, as you guys may have known if you've been listening for a long time, but if you're new, um, we believe in the the foundational Christian doctrine. We believe that Jesus is God. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God. We believe the whole Word of God from Genesis to maps is the inerrant Word of God. Uh, maybe not the maps. That's a joke. But um, all the way to Revelation. And because of that, we have gone back and we are focusing on the Torah portions every week for Christians. There's a lot of mystery around it. There's a lot of confusion and misinformation about the Torah. And so for us, we just take it one little bit of it, uh, one little bit at a time, and we go through it. And uh, we do it from a Christian perspective. And I think it's just a lot of fun for everybody involved. We get a lot out of it. And you know what we get from disorder? We get order, right? Because we come out what's of the world the system. accurate arrangement of things. That's right. And so we come out of Egypt and into the, the kingdom of God, and we study his constitution, which is the Torah. And this week we're on the Torah portion, Be-Shalach, which means when he sent. It is the Torah portion found starting in the book of Exodus in chapter 13 and verse 17, and ending in chapter 17 and verse 16. Very good. So let's jump right out of the gate here. So what was the reason God led the children of Israel through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea instead of through the land of the Philistines? Well, he wanted them to avoid war. So just remember now, you know, being in Egypt over 400 years, they have a slave mentality, right? Are they yeah. really even prepared for war? No. no. They have a slave mentality. Uh, and once again, uh, if, you'll, if you'll look at the, uh, the facts here, you know, we have three things that we have to overcome. It's Satan, our flesh, and the worldly system. Yep. So what we're witnessing right now, Ryan, is a lot of people are under the, you know, they're victims of Satan. Yeah. And uh, they're not even really crucifying their flesh, dealing with that, because the God of this world has blinded their minds. And, of course, the worldly system they're living in. Uh, but I would actually say that even for Christians, I think Satan has a foothold on a lot of Christians and messing their lives up and doing things to them. Yeah. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So we don't really know his tactics, and so people become a victim of Satan. And then, of course, you know, as far as crucifying your flesh, you can't even go to the next level because you should know that you are uh, uh, you have the victory. You're an overcomer over Satan because of what Yeshua has done on the cross. 
Um, he stripped him. He took the keys back from him, gave them to us uh, in his name, in Yeshua's name. And then, of course, we know that once we understand that, then we go into the 17 works of the flesh. We, we overcome that, right? And then, of course, uh, the worldly system. How much of the world are we into? Uh, do we lose our soul to the world? Yeah. And that's kind of like where we're at today. I, that sounds like a good message. I think you should preach on that we, sometime. We did last week. Oh, that was this I'm past just saying that message. when you really put it all together, Ryan, it really makes sense. You know, it like, does. like I, I feel pretty confident that I've overcome Satan and his tactics and different things. I see where he works and operates and all that. And I'm going to share my testimony. But now I'm kind of at the level of like crucifying my flesh, Galatians 5, 19 to 21 to 17 works. Once I can really do that, you know, that's important. Yes. But, you know, like I said, I love to pray. I love to worship. I love God's word. So I haven't lost my soul to the world. So really the challenge is right in the middle, that, that middle, yeah. the flesh. Yeah. So once again, you know, we, we have to understand that there's a slave mentality. So Pharaoh is like Satan. Yeah. And we're going to see later on, he's going to come after him. And yes. that's what Satan tries to do. Right. He still pursues me in different things. Just you know. when you think you got past him. Here boom, he comes. There he comes. You know, and then, of course, you have, you're have you going to see where they're going to murmur and complain. You're going to see all this play out, which is what we're dealing with today. So, yeah. so they actually took Joseph's hang, bones. Hang on. Before we get to Joseph, what I found interesting about this, God wanted them to avoid war. And I guess my question to our listeners would be, you know, what conflicts are you being spared from because your faith or your mental toughness isn't quite where it needs to be? Well, David had to kill the lion and the bear. That's right. Then he could slay the giant. Then he could slay the giant. Then he said he had more stones because he he had a Goliath had brothers. And no doubt God is going to, I believe that we're all in a custom leadership curriculum that God's putting us all through. Um, But I, I think that it's important to know that no conflict isn't always necessarily a good thing, right? This is true. Can you avoid it? Not to say, but not all conflict is meant to be avoided, right? You can't avoid it, though. But you sometimes you can, but it's not always going to give you the the end result that you want. So, uh, point being that that the reason that God spared them from a war with the Philistines, because guess what, they still had to go to war with the Philistines later on. Yeah. Just not until later. They're prepared. But for at it. this point, they avoided it Prepped because they weren't ready. Right, preparing right. to go into the promised land. So God spared them from it. So anyways, that's good. Joseph. It took forty years. So yeah, so they took Joseph's bones out of Egypt, uh, and of course we know that uh, currently Joseph's tomb. Uh, resides in the biblical city of Shechem, which is the modern-day city of Nablus today, I believe, is Nablus, correct? It's the Arabs call it Nablus, yeah. So, anyway, uh, so here's a question. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would you live? I so would, that's a picture of Joseph's bones going to Israel. I would live where the house of Joseph. So we're like saying, hey, Joseph's bones left Egypt. Egypt represents the world. Pharaoh represents the devil. So maybe we should come out of this and uh, make our way towards Israel somehow, some way. Well, I don't think I want to live in Egypt. No. <laughs> so I think that's, I'm going to take that one off the list. Well, um, I do like their sheets. It might be nice to visit. I like their sheets, yeah, yeah. the Egyptian cotton. That's what like Mike Lindell has the Gaza dream sheets, right? Interesting. That's the My Pillow guy. I need to check those the out. The Gaza dream sheets. I'm getting a new bed. I need new sheets. Listen. What do you think about those sheets? I haven't tried them yet, oh, but I've heard that they're amazing. It's the thread count that makes it really nice. Oh, listen, and they say the more you wash them, the better they get. So, like, where other stuff gets worse with time. This is the My Pillow guy. This is the My Pillow. And there's guy. some controversy right now with Mike Wendell, which is fine. I like a good product, though. You know what? He has a fantastic testimony. Oh no, he does. He is. He's so a believer. Getting back to and the, he puts his money getting where back his to mouth the sheets, is. though. Just okay. cotton. <laughs> yeah. I guess the thread count you want is probably like a thousand's really, really good. Like yeah. you said, the higher the thread count, right. the better the sheets. Right. So the question We're was actually— We're everyday things in life, too, today. Where do you—the you, <laughs> question was— a, that's, a, that's a lesson. Where do you want to live? The higher the thread count, the softer the, the material. That's the right. The better the sheets. The so more you're going to pay for it. I said, 
my answer was that I want to live in the land with Yeshua. Because I really want to be wherever Yeshua is. And if, this is true. I believe Yeshua will end up in the land. That was brought it, up. It would be really cool to be there where he is before he even gets if, there. If you could Like with a anywhere. sign that says, like, yeah. welcome Yeshua. Right. Like I'm, people at the airport, you know, as he's coming down. Like, wouldn't it be cool to have a sign and be like, you know, we're here to pick you up and take you wherever you want to go. You know, right. like just hop in the in the truck. You know, I, <laughs> I envision that I'm on the Mount of Olives and he comes down on my shoulders and I just kick him right to the, <laughs> to, to the city. Try to one-up me. Uh-huh. I'm just I saying, though, so cool. he's going to come down right on my shoulders and I just, doot, 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 right, take him. Doot. You know how the kids love to get on your shoulders. I don't know. That's a true welcome. I guess we're both wrong because technically he's going to bring us up. And then we're all going to come down together, right? I'm sure, yeah. That's good. That's something a, that's something good like that. But anyway, yeah, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would you live? Of course, you know, I would want to live in Israel. Yeah, I mean, that's just In the Galilee, given. right? I mean, I live in Brandon right now. It's great. Yeah. But if I could choose, I really, really would want to live in Israel. But God says, no, you're not Can you, you have a dock on the Galilee with like a boat? I think you could have a and lot of And you can go out things. there and go fishing and skiing and yeah, stuff? Yeah, the holy jet skis. <laughs> <laughs> so the Lord guided his people by day in a pillar of a cloud and by night in a pillar of fire. You know, I didn't bring this out. Mike was sharing some good stuff, but, you know, think about it. If, if it's a cloud by day, you're not going to get sunburned. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. You're protected right. from the elements, the That's heat. Because right. I'm telling you, I have been in the Judean wilderness during Shavuot. Mm-hmm. It's hot. Oh, yeah? And I was thinking, if I were to go further east, Really? What's that all about? See, I've been in the Jude or in the the Sumerian mountains right. during the winter. And I'll tell you this, being on a mountain in Israel above everything, the sky, like I mean, you ever been to a place where like you could just there's stars that you didn't even know existed because this, there's not as much light pollution, so you can just see just the whole sky and all the night with the stars and everything. Right. I mean, what an awesome view. To see all that. you don't have a lot of city lights. That's right. Because well, all the cities are down in the valley. So the right. lights, you know, there's still some light pollution, but, but not as much. You know what's cool? This is the ultimate picture of following the Spirit of God, right? So in the New Testament, they did all these things, and they went here, and they went there. They went to and fro as the Spirit would lead them, right? So I look at this, and I see that the Spirit of God manifests in the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. And when the cloud moved, they would move. I want to be like that. I want to be in the position where I'm so in tune with God and his spirit that I know that, that hey, I'm, I'm, you've got me here. I'm doing this thing. The cloud is here by the day. The pillar of fire is there by the night. But when God moves, he's like, all right, it's time to go and do you this, know, they, the next thing. That reminds thing. me, Ryan. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That reminds me that, you know, if we're right where we need to be with God, even when something bad happens or a challenge or a conflict, where we're... We need to be. That's right. We're right where we need to be. That's right. So let's check this out. So uh, Pharaoh pursued the children of Israel after they left Egypt with 600 chariots and a hardened heart. The children of Israel were so afraid and cried out to the Lord. Once again, Pharaoh is a picture of Satan. And it's been said before, and I'll say it again. Pharaoh is like the foundation of, of Satan, the devil, wickedness, bad leadership. Yeah. Opposite of God. And of course, from the Egyptian empire, you go into the Assyrian empire. Right. Babylonian Empire, Persian Empire, Grecian Empire, and then the Roman Empire. It's in that order. But yeah. they're, they're all coming from and Egypt. And they overlap Pharaoh. each other, right? They do. So just keep that in mind as um, as we, and just to kind of paraphrase, you know, what does it say the devil is? He's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Yeah. You say, no, you're not going to devour me or my family or my church. Not today, devil. No, no. What's that song? What no, devil, no, not today. Yeah, Tell not, the devil, not today, no. devil. Yeah. Um, 
in Exodus 14, 13, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. So would that, would that be actually be a picture of the unbeliever, the wickedness, the demons, the devils, you know, because they're not going to be in heaven. You're not going to see them anymore, that whole foundation of, of the world and things that are opposite of God, you know. Um, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And I thought about in the Gospels when Yeshua was hanging on the cross and there were uh, friends and family confident enough, bold enough to stand there and watch it. Yeah. His mother, uh, John, I don't know all of the all of the, the people, but... Uh, and then, of course, Yeshua said, Mother, behold thy son, son, behold thy mother. And he's delegating responsibilities to John for his own earthly mother, Mary. That's what Yeshua does on the cross. He's even giving orders and leading from the cross yeah. in pain and going to die. I mean, that's so powerful that he's leading up until the end. Yeah. He's a leader. So what's, so, what's the opposite of fear? Is it love? Faith. 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 Is Perfect the, love casts it out, but you're right, faith. Yeah, so faith. The opposite of fear is faith. The opposite of fear is faith. And so it says, fear ye not. Why? Because he wants you to have faith. And in order to increase their faith, God has brought the thing that they would fear, right? But then he says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. So how cool is that, that God is bringing this situation on, he's allowing, because he has to judge the Egyptians once more, right? Because their hearts are hardened, they're pursuing the children of Israel, they're trying to come against God's people. Listen, stop coming against God's people. It's not a good place to be in. When you come against God's people, you come against God himself. It's just, it doesn't work out. It and is, we know that it's true. not a good As idea. As Christians, we're, we're, we're sometimes we're spectators. So for the message that we're supposed to get from this is that we are supposed to put our trust in God. And when we put our trust in God, he will deliver us. Now, is it always easy to put your trust in God? Not always. Why does God say, or Jesus, Matthew six twenty seven and Luke twelve twenty five, which I told you I had a little crisis this morning when I looked these verses up, <laughs> right? It, he says, who of you can add a cubit to your stature, right? Who of you can add a foot to your stature, to your height, or an inch, you or whatever can, it is, you just can't. by worrying? And the answer is none of you. Now, in the NIV, it actually says, um, who of you can add an hour to your life by worrying? And the answer is, mm. you can't. You can't. And wow. what do they say? 90% of the stuff you worry about doesn't happen anyways. I thought it was like 99%. And, 99, and when the other 9%, right, when it does happen, right. doesn't, isn't, true. isn't as bad yeah. as, uh, as you expected. So I just think that um, you know, God says here, fear not, stand still. So there's times where God wants us to do the work. And there's times where God wants us to stand still. And in cases like this where it's a giant miracle and he has to save all the people, and it doesn't seem like you've done all that you can do. That's right. You've come all the way to the, you know, to the Sea of Reeds, right, to the Red Sea. Right. Where else can you go? You can't. So now you stand still and see the salvation of the That's Lord. That's it. I mean, as we continue on, the Lord was going to fight for the Israelites. Listen to this verse. The Lord, so it says here, right, the verse we just read, you, know, you shall see them again no more forever. And then it says, the Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Hallelujah. Wow. So the Lord was going to fight for the Israelites. Yes. So the Lord's going to fight for what we believe. That's right. If we believe in a Beit Hila Israel, he's going to fight for that. That's right. He's going to bring it. That's Amen. Right. In verse 15, it's, it's mentioned that um, Moses is getting instructions from the Lord, and I love this, go forward. Hallelujah. You know, that was the, the last kind of... Uh, 
two words of my father-in-law as I held his hand and and I left that that late morning um, early morning and then of course he passed away uh, but he was like go forward those were his last words yep and it's so true the Lord was going to divide the sea so the Israelites could cross and of course the angel of God came between the camp of the Egyptians with darkness and the camp of Israel had light all night and of course, uh, once again, the angel of God came between the camp. It's kind of interesting. Uh, we know that Michael, the archangel, is the angel over Israel today and the nation. So, so there's Michael, the archangel. He's the angel over Israel. And uh, he, uh, he re- actually rebuked Satan about the body of Moses. You can read about that in Jude. But Moses stretched forth his rod over the sea, and the Israelites crossed over on dry ground with a wall of water on both sides. You know, I was just thinking about when that hurricane came into Tampa Bay, that area, sucked all the water out of the bay. Yeah. That was just phenomenal. I mean, that's just a phenomenon that I, I've never witnessed or seen like that. And people were out there walking their dogs and riding bikes and everything. It was nuts. I mean, I was like, what is this? <laughs> this is public records. You can go and see it. I don't know. If and it's it was, weird because in most storms, like Bayshore area in Tampa Bay is flooded. Yeah. And in this case, like the it, water was like receded the back. water. Yeah, I, I don't remember what hurricane it was, but it, it was a hurricane. I think it was Irma. So any, anyway, they went on dry ground. And, and I love this, that the Lord took off the chariot wheels of the Egyptians as they pursued the Israelites. I put on here, ha ha. So God <laughs> took off the chariot Suckers. wheels of the Egyptians. So, so if the enemy is going to come after us or do something, God can do things to, to bring harm, you know. And they didn't have AAA. Those, those chariot wheels came off. They did not have AAA. No. So, so there, there was that. Uh, Moses stretched forth his rod a second time over the sea, and the water collapsed upon the Egyptians, and they all drowned. Okay. Now, that's Exodus chapter 14, verses 26 through 28. Now, I love this. Uh, in Exodus chapter 14, verse 30, Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. So, like, if, 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 if we look at what's going on prophetically, Ryan, just to give you a little tidbit here, uh, in the Olivet Discourse, Yeshua makes mention of many will be offended, betray, and hate. So we know we're dealing with a lot of offenses in our government between party officials. Republicans are fighting each other, Democrats. There's a lot of offenses. People are offended at the past president. But I would say that we understand that. But then, of course, it goes on to say that, uh, you know, that uh, sin is going to abound because the love of many is going to wax cold. Yeah. So we're seeing this offense happening in Matthew 24, 10. Then you develop it into the, about the sin, you know, that, that because of the love of many will wax cold iniquity is going to increase but last but not least then we have this 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 terrible thing of persecution you know so when you when you add it all up when you people are so offended and so sinful they're going to be persecuting and coming after the righteous yeah and i and i see that as the enemy would try to pursue us as well uh for that very reason how could you stand up for the jewish people what do you mean the jews should have their own homes and land how dare you you yeah and everything you know so anyway that's actually uh, that's where we're at on that. Uh, actually, which is really kind of interesting that God will protect us. We just got to stay focused. Well, we're going to page two in Exodus chapter fifteen, and I'm going to turn it over to Ryan. Let him take the outline from here on out for yeah. a little bit. So this is cool. Some so good, good stuff here. Uh, Exodus chapter fifteen uh, brings us into a song. You know, yeah. and it um, think about it. You're in a situation like this, and I can only imagine what it's like to be standing at the edge of, you know, a giant body of water with nowhere to go and an enemy, you know, pressing up on your heels. You, 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 have, no, you have nothing. And you're not armed. 
because you're just a bunch of slaves that just barely escaped, right? Think about this. What if, okay, here's the deal. We know our circumstances and we live in Florida. We live in Brandon. And here's our community. Here's our surroundings. Here are our enemies or whatever. Yeah. Okay. And we're up against some things, right? But now we want to move forward, right? But yet we can't because there's a COVID. Yeah. There's lockdown. We don't have, you know whatever we need. Like I wanted to go pruning the government or the Knesset. Yeah. So what I'm saying, well, it seems impossible. Doesn't it, Ryan? Right. Well, when's that going to, when's that wall going to break down? Yeah. Oh, it literally like a wall. It's going to break down. So, so it says in uh, chapter 15 and verse one, it says, then sang Moses and the children of Israel, this song unto the Lord and spake saying, I will sing unto the Lord for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. Hallelujah. The Lord is my strength and song, and he is become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him a habitation, my father's God, and I will exalt him. I mean, what what a cool just experience to have come through a miracle and then to have that opportunity right there to stop and praise God. You know, it's cool because we should always be praising God because he's worthy, right? But isn't it even cooler when God gives us like direct in your face, giant reasons to praise him? I mean, this is one of those examples. And, you know, the name above all names, Ryan, for God, his name is greater than Ryan or Nick. Oh, absolutely. He's his name above all names. But I love this. You know, it's interesting that his greatest name is salvation. That's right. Yeshua. That's his greatest attribute. That's the name above all names because he has a lot of names. But see, because God created us, he saved us. Mm-hmm. You know, we're the only uh, creatures or creation that, that he can actually save the homo sapien race. It's not for, you know, salvation is a gift from God. In Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10, it says this. For by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. That's right. Not of worse, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Now that Greek word, it, it, ordained, in the Greek it means, hath before ordained, it actually means prepared. Yeah. See? He, God has prepared something for us. That's right. So when we acknowledge his only begotten son, and we confess him, okay, we're saved. I mean, think about you're you're acknowledging the Son of God. You have right. salvation in right. a person, not in an ideology. That's right. In an action. So that's pretty cool. Well, and and our salvation. job, you know, the, the it says to walk out our salvation with fear and trembling. Walk it out. And what yeah. what's cool about salvation is that He didn't just save us from the Egyptians, right? He didn't just save us from some human enemy. He saved us from ourselves and he saved our very souls. The bad decision from sin, right. right? So He's the second Adam, which is the ultimate enemy. Think about how pervasive sin is. You know, uh Paul talks about how pervasive sin is, right? You know that even though I wanted to do good, their sin, right, was with me. It was creeping up on me trying to just, you know, knock me off the path, so to speak. And so it's uh it's a a whole other realm when you understand that the very worst thing that could possibly happen to you, that the enemy was encroaching, right, on your heels, literally, that you were up against, right, the law, right, a righteous God and righteous judgment, that God opened the sea on the cross for us in a figurative manner so that we could walk his path. Amen? So for the New Testament, if God became Jesus... 
That's pretty powerful. It is. Because it says right here, Yeshua. Yes. Something saved, deliverance, hence aid, victory, prosperity, health or help. So we get so uh, self-centered sometimes. We need to just stop, like right now, say, Lord Yeshua, thank you for saving us. Yeah, thank hallelujah. you for being our salvation. Amen. Thank you for, we are justified by the finished work of the, what you have done. Now we get to do, but you did all the work. You praise you, God. You did, you took the, the beatings, uh, you carry the sins and, and, and you are, you are our Yeshua, you, your, your salvation, you know, and, um, God loved us so much that he took on flesh. I mean, you know, that's powerful. I mean, yeah. that's a credible story. Yeah. I mean, and it's told over and over, but, you know, and now, of course, they, they, they want to try to say that Jesus isn't God, but Jesus is God. He yeah. loved us so much that he took on flesh, said, hey, listen, I created you. I'm going to take responsibility. Yeah. And I'm going to die for you. Right. And you're going to still have access to me because I know you didn't make good decisions. I right. know you messed up, but you acknowledge me and you want to please me and you want to come to me. And I think that's why God created us like that. Now, some are not going to choose. Right. Some have eternal damnation. That's right. The doctrine of hell. Jesus spoke more about hell than he did heaven. Sure. It's a real place. Now, it was never created for man, but man chooses to go there. Yeah. You know, one you of know? the things, you know, there's certain little key things that stick out in my brain. Um, Colossians 2.9 says that uh, the fullness of the Godhead, right, dwelt inside of Jesus bodily, in bodily form. That's a, one of the mysteries of the gospel. How does God make himself a man and, and come to earth? But then also in John 1.1, 1, 1, one of the interesting pieces is just saying that, you know, it's a mystery that Jesus is God. Because if you're looking for someone to explain it to you, well, they're not going to be able to explain to you how Jesus is God within the English language or maybe even in the Hebrew language, and they're definitely not going to be able to explain it to you within the realm of time-space, right, that we live in. Right, because he's not bound by, by nature or and, time. And here's my proof, John 1.1, 1, 1, right? So Jesus is the Word. We know that because it, it, it extrapolates on that. But if how you can figure out that the Word is with God and the Word was God, at the same time, if you can explain that to me, and fig- then then you are are definitely smarter than me. Now I know a lot of people chalk it up to you know some sort of poetry or something like that. I think it's more than that, and um, and and I think again, it doesn't make any sense that the word is with God and the word is God at the same time. But it works out because Jesus is God <laughs> and the Father is you, God you know, and Jesus is the Son of God all at the same time. And, and like I said, you know, the, the question is, can you sing a song in regard to your own personal salvation experience? You know, uh, as far as a reflection of what he did uh, to the enemy in this song, you know, we could sing another one bites the dust, <laughs> you know, but you get all pumped up, jacked up, you know, like the Bucks were underdogs in Green Bay. And yeah, no, nobody thought that, you know. Green Bay is going to beat them. Poor know. Aaron Rodgers. But I know. But what I'm saying is that what joy we have when Israel wins. Yeah. When the Jewish people win. And That's Israel, right. You know, when they defeat the terrorists and the terrorism and, the, and, and all these things. Yeah, you believe know. it or not, there's a contest bigger than the Super Bowl. Right? Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. What is it? It is the contest between good and evil, where good triumphs over evil, and the devil gets thrown back into the pit. Yeah, that's after a thousand years. Yeah. He's bound, but then he... Let's just move on here. Okay, so here's what I would say. Continue on. I developed uh, my close relationship with the Lord through worship and music. Um, You know, I think that spiritual exercises in general are how we develop a close relationship with the Lord. By spiritual exercises, I'm referring to, you know, reading the Word of God, you know, reading your Bible, doing that on a regular basis, having a plan to spend time in the Word of God. 
uh, and in prayer, right? Prayer being another spiritual exercise and worship. That's right. Worship being another spiritual exercise. So those would be the three main spiritual exercises that I would tell someone. If you right. want you want to exercise your faith, you want to grow your faith, you want to grow your relationship with God, get in the Word, pray, and worship. For me personally, you know, worshiping through music, uh, especially when I was younger, probably in like 19, 20, 21, Really, the God got a hold of me through um, through music and worship, and so I would say I absolutely I could sing many many songs. And we're going to tie that in too. Experience. We're going to tie that in. So uh, Exodus fifteen three, uh, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is His name. That's right. Wow. So this is why everything's you know becoming intense. That's Yahweh. Yahweh yeah. is a man of war. So so the Yahweh Lord is, is a man of war. The Lord is His name. Yeah. Don't mess with Him. Right. So if we're doing everything we're supposed to be doing, Ryan, He's going to be. A man of war. Yeah. I mean, he, baby Jesus isn't coming back in a little manger. <laughs> no, he is he's not. He's coming in a white robe. That's and right. the blood that's sprinkled on his garments <laughs> is the blood of these men that got hit like a bunch of drunkards. They didn't know what hit them. Yeah. Who is this that comes from Basra? So garments died the in the suffering river. servant has come and gone. Oh, yeah. So Messiah you, ben Yosef. You either yeah. get on that train it's now. Messiah ben David. Or that train is leaving because when he comes David back, a warrior. it's not going to be He's that. just going to speak. He's going to speak and it's done. Right. There's no debate. No arguing, you know, because, you know, as we develop you want mercy, this, pray for mercy. Now, now, right now we're talking about a song of Moses. We're talking about the song yeah. that the, he sang and the children of it because, man, they were just victorious. They, they literally see. Oh, God they're doing just, the, the mean, happy dance. You talk about like the enemy can antagonize yeah. you, but not anymore. They're, they're dead and gone. They drowned. Now, the enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. Now here, right here, Pharaoh is a picture of Satan, but he's got four I wills. Now yeah. we know that Lucifer had five I wills right. in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 13 through 15. Yeah. Point this out in, in here. And that's how you develop your Torah studies. Mm -hmm. And you study Torah, you read it literally, and then you start to take your notes, look at cross-references, yeah. look at how this all relates to Scripture, interpret Scripture. So we can see some parallels here with the four I wills of Pharaoh being like Satan, and then Lucifer with his five I wills, and then God kind of closes it. Oh, really? You're going in the pit. So, you know, um, what are some of the ways that Satan tries to invade our lives and bring harm? Ooh, I got a few. What about John 10, 10? Then you can share. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Yes. So just think about that. Right. Thank God he hasn't killed us. Right. But he likes to steal. He likes to destroy. You know, so he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's John 10, 10. Yeshua came to give life. So, so Ryan, what and do you think about that? to give life abundantly. And, and we, we need to know our enemy. We need to know how he works. He whispers these things to us. He talks to us. We don't need to listen to that. I don't listen to that voice anymore. He doesn't speak to me anymore, but I got to be discerning of yeah. how he would try to use somebody right. to get to me. Right. That's discernment. Or knock you off the path. Right. So, so he's he's cunning. You know, he's not stupid. He's right. crafty. He's wise. He's been doing this. He doesn't have a secret <laughs> weapon for Ryan. He's got some time on us. What he did to Peter, he's going to do to That's you. That's right. He doesn't have some. Oh, I got this for <clears throat> Ryan. His big evil bazooka. No, he doesn't have that. Uh, I don't know. And, he does. He does evil because grenade, no, he doesn't have anything new. He doesn't no, have new no, weapons. No, but he tailors what he's doing everything to us. Yeah. To us, he did to mankind All since along. the beginning of time. Right. So. You know, By the it, way, we're exposing him right now. That's right. So, you know, he Satan tries to invade our lives through temptation. And the way that he tempts me may not be the way that he tempts you. And right. so he customizes the way that he gets to us. Amen? Right. And so 
the two big things that he does are this. Number one, he tries to convince people that he's no big deal, that he doesn't exist, that, oh, you yeah. know, oh, yeah, you just think that the devil's, the devil's real. Yeah, behind every that. corner. Uh-huh. He likes that. You know. He doesn't exist. And so he, t- he takes that one. The second one is that he tries to say that sin is not sin, right? Sexual immorality is a perfect example. It's pervasive in our culture right. now. Why? Because people are not pointing it out as sin. Oh, you know, we want to point out certain ones, right? Right. Homosexuality, things like that. But what about living with your boyfriend or your girlfriend before you're married? What about things like that? Premarital sex. There's things that he's pointing, that he does, that he he says, oh, you know what? We're just going to slowly turn this into not sin. All the while, we're the ones that are paying the price. He's not paying the price. He's pointing at you and laughing. Oh, look, I he got He just them. wants to keep you away from God. <laughs> exactly. He wants, so what's keeping you away from it? It's the he, road that you're on leading to God. He wants to convince you enough to show you that sin is not sin. But then we all know, because what is it? God has written the Torah on our minds and our heart. We all know what sin is. Right. Amen. Oh. So then when we've committed this and now what creeps in is the guilt, the shame right. and the condemnation right. and guilt, shame and condemnation. Those are the things that keep you away from a close relationship with the Lord. Why? Because you feel like you're not worthy to come and ask him for anything. You feel like you can't spend time in his presence now. Right. He doesn't love me because anymore. Because you have bad shame. Kid. Exactly right. I'm a bad kid. So the, 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 the trick here, right, is to receive the grace and mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ and to stop sinning by making good decisions and making good judgment calls. Amen? Because that's what the Holy Spirit empowers us to do. To, to notice, to, what does it say? It convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. So what should we be able to do through the Holy Spirit? Avoid sin. To go up, practice righteousness, to go after righteousness, to pursue righteousness, and to make good judgment calls, to make good decisions. Amen? And you know, Ryan, this is leading up to something. Here's the deal. If the devil can just come into our life and take us out, we have nothing to live for. We're not even going to arrive to our destination if this happens. Now, why am I sharing this? Because check this out. It says right here, the inhabitants of the promised land are going to be afraid of the children of Israel. Ooh. Now, thank you, Holy Spirit. So right now, the enemy is all worked up over us. Yeah, that's you right. You and I doing that's this. That's right. He hates our guts. Sucker. We're talking about Beit Israel. <laughs> oh, yeah. Christians respecting Judaism and loving Christians the Jewish with people. Torah. Christians with Torah. He is freaking out Wait, right now. The testimony of Jesus Christ but, and the commandments of God. Word's going to start to get out. That makes us overcomers. And people are going to start freaking out. So That's here's right. the deal. Even among the Orthodox Jews, some of these people are going to be freaking out that we have intentions to come into the land. So they know that. Yes. So they're going to start to come after us or, or make accusations. And I'll only bring that up because it's important for you to know. Because look what's going to happen, Ryan. Now, let's put this together, how this song works and how this is playing out. The enemy is coming after us, we know. And unless God makes a way, we're not going to escape him. We're going to be trapped. We're going we're to be slaughtered. But he makes a way. Yeah. Are you understanding that? I do. So when he makes a way, now word gets out, oh, my gosh, God is working on these people in Brandon, Florida. He's working on this this, this community of reconciliation of Jews and Gentiles through Beit Tehillah. That's right. Oh my gosh, word's going to get out. People are going to be freaking out. But look what happens. And Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrel and dances. That's why praise and worship is so important. What are you praising and worship? Think about it. I, I praise him for eternal life. I praise him for salvation. But you know what I'm really praising him for? For the destiny, That's the right. journey. That's right. Because look what happens now. She has a timbrel. And the women went out after with timbrels and dances. But so, I th- I, this is Old Testament, right? So this is the dance is done away with? 
Oh, no. And uh, David danced. <laughs> so anyway, uh, going back to the tambourine, mm-hmm. the timbrel. Yeah. In Ezekiel 28, 13, the anointed cherub, Satan, had tabrets, tambourines, and pipes. Ah. So he had music. He had worship. He was a, he was a musician, a, a worship leader, whatever he was. Yeah. And then he would get the glory from God, make sure he gets it. It would come and, and he would, you know, he wouldn't right. want to make sure that God gets, but he wanted it for himself. Yeah, he did. So he got too big for his britches. He was a diva worship leader, you know, a diva, you know, like, look at me, yep. you know, and it, it didn't work out. He really messed up. Uh, that's Ezekiel twenty-eight thirteen. And so I would say this, Ryan. So the arts are being restored back to the kingdom of God. And if you look up this word tabrets, it's tofe uh, or tof. It means tambourine, tabret or timbrel. So those are all synonymous of this round piece of wood with canvas or not canvas with symbols on it. Yeah. Just little, you know, and a lot of, a lot of bands use it, you know? Uh, and so, uh, just to, to let you know that the timbrel, but just be mindful of this. The arts are being restored back to the kingdom of God. We have congregational dance. Davidic dance is being restored. Now the dance is being restored, Ryan and Jeremiah 31 verse four and 13. Yeah. So if you keep reading Jeremiah 31, it's really a powerful chapter. Everybody should be reading it. Hayovel's in there with the vineyards. That's right. Ephraim has the birthrights in there. It's like he's uh, taking all the pieces and putting them together. Writing Torah, minds, yeah. and it's all right there. Yep. So we've known this. Actually, our, our ministry, our congregation, our church was built from the dance. Tabernacles of Praise, dance, ministry. And so once again, think about this template now that their backs were up against the wall. The enemy was subdued. They were able to escape the enemy. The enemy pursued them, but they drowned, so they lost the enemy. Yep. They got to where they needed to be. Now word got out, oy vey, there's something going down there in Brandon. They're having Torah revival. That's right. They're, they're celebrating the feast day, Shabbat. Pork sales are down. <laughs> we got to go check this out, right? Yeah. But look what happens. Then there's an incredible celebration going on here. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, and then last but not least, what happens? Well, now all of a sudden, they lose a little momentum. Well, here, here's, here's. I'll let you share before because we we're get at the there, end yeah. of this. But yeah, before yeah. we get to that, the 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 arts being restored to the kingdom of God. Think about the slow progression that our culture has faded into through the arts. Listen, there is near a movie that I can sit down and watch with the kids without previewing first. Right. I agree. Right. I agree. We live in a culture and a society that is so desensitized that some of the things that we allow to be G or PG or, you know, right. PG, I mean, it's just things that... You don't go by that anymore. Even adults shouldn't be watching. Oh, right? absolutely. You know, I'll tell you what. You know what? You want to be horrified? No. Go to IMDb, right? I have IMDb. And you look at... It'll describe to you... Right. ...the actual things that happen, right? And it's one thing, like, you'll see a movie, you know, and you'll kind of just glaze past certain things or you won't even notice it. But then when you read it in black and white on IMDb, you're just like, oh. I'm not going to watch that. That's terrible, right? Yeah. But what God is doing is he's allowing us to reclaim the arts, right? Through the dance, through uh, the processionals that we do here at Beit Tehillah, through uh, symbols. Absolutely. And it's not tambourines, it's worship. Through, through, what is it, Esther the musical That's that right. Josiah put together. These are things where we give God the glory through arts. And guess what? You get the entertainment value out of it at the same time because you're doing it the way that God intended it, right? But guess what? You mentioned it, right? Because there's three things that we have to overcome, and the first one is the enemy. 
Okay. Oh yeah, I know how he works. So guess what? We've overcome the enemy now. That's right. right? In this story that we're right. going through, right? This is true. He's drowned. He's in the water. Yeah. He's no longer there. Right. Guess what we're up against next? The flesh. The flesh. Yeah. And this is where we're at on that. I mean, so now so, we're up against yeah. the flesh. So the children of Israel they murmur against Moses because of their thirst. All right. And, and so they, they murmur against uh, Moses because of their thirst. And that's, of course, uh, Exodus chapter 15. Ryan, go ahead and hit 16. Let's kind of move a little quicker here uh, because we got... <laughs> we got two more pages to go. <laughs> yeah, we got two more pages. So anyway. All right. So what was the accusation the children of Israel charged Moses with when they thought they were going to die? That he brought the whole assembly into the wilderness to kill them with hunger. So that's I, an accusation. I don't know if you're never to question people's motives. You have eight children. I have four. Last children. I counted. Yes. Okay. So it's not over the top for us to say that our children sometimes will express themselves as if they're going to die if they don't. This is true. They just eat, ate drink an hour or go later. To the I'm starving. <laughs> really? Seriously. So I can see here where the children of Israel thought they were going to die. Right. Being yeah. a little melodramatic. I think right? they were really thirsty. Right. So they said to him that they, he brought the whole assembly into the wilderness to kill them with hunger, right? And so they're blaming Moses for this. They're coming and they're speaking against Moses. And so here's what God says uh, in Exodus chapter 16 and verse 12. He says, I have heard the murmurings, not a good word to be associated with. I've heard the murmurings of the children of Israel. Speak unto them, saying, At even ye shall eat flesh, and in the morning ye shall be filled with bread, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God. I am Yahweh. What's cool about this is in the last two Torah portions, the whole purpose, if you read through, and I, and I brought this out in the service, that the whole purpose of all of the plagues was for God to show who he is, that he is right. all-powerful, that he is Yahweh. Right. So here we go. The children of Israel have been up against all of these things that made them afraid, and God delivered them, right? Well, guess what? Here now they're afraid of hunger. He's going to provide for them to show them what? That he is the Lord. Once again, he's continuing to show his character and who he is by providing salvation and providing for well, the needs of the children of Israel. he cares about their thirst and their hunger. Right. And so now he's going to phase two. Hey, I brought you out. Now I'm going to provide for you. So in the evening, the Lord provided quails that covered the camp. Okay. So, so like I said, he's going to give them water. He's going to give them bread. He's going to give them meat. They wanted, they, he, he, they wanted meat. He's going to give them quail. That's pretty cool. I mean, he rained down quail to the point where they were sick of it, right? Well, you know, <laughs> and, and just so everybody understands that we springboard off of the Torah portions. You know, we take this Torah portion and we springboard off into like the New Testament. Right. Or how is this relevant for today? Pastor Nick, that's the Old Testament. But remember, he declares the end for the beginning. So here we go. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 6 through 10, the church of Corinth, here's a letter. Paul's writing to them and he's saying this. Right. These are the five tests of Israel that they had to face. Right. You're going to face the same thing, the five tests, the same five tests in the last days, uh, in the process of time. Here we go. Number one, lust. Lust is ever wanting, never really achieving or getting. Yep. Uh, there's lust. It's number one. Number two, uh, idolatry. Whatever you give your strength to, whatever you get your strength from. Uh, number three is fornication. It's where we get the word uh, in the Greek, pornea, pornography, yep. porno. There's many variations of that. It's self-explanatory. Uh, number four, don't tempt the Lord. 
Like, don't know something, then you're going to just do it yeah. without the leading of the Holy Spirit. I'll give you an example. Like, hey, I, I quit my job because I have to work on Shabbat. Well, then you're an infidel because you didn't provide for your family. Yeah. What, don't tempt the Lord. Remember how Satan tempted the Lord. Right. Hey, just throw yourself off and the angels will take charge of you. He's like, no, we're not going to tempt the Lord. Yeah. Okay. And number five, when we murmur, we fail. Oof. Boy, I really have to work on that. I told you this tape on the mouth thing. Yeah. I need some soft cloth tape, though. Don't use duct tape. <laughs> but just literally just put, just to send a message. Yeah. God always does symbolic things. Put some tape over your mouth and just come to church. You got nothing bad to say. Yeah. Can we do that? Tape dispensers? So five tests. Lust, idolatry, fornication, tempting the Lord, and murmuring. We don't want to do that. So we talk about the, the, the you know, they, they're thirsty, they're hungry. He's going he's gonna to give them some cool stuff here. Ryan, why don't you go ahead and, and hit it from here uh, in, in regards to what he's going to give them now, which is kind of cool, this, this, this you know, um, lady fingers or whatever they're called. <laughs> it's like a little. So in the evening, he gives in. them, uh, in the evening, he gives them the quail, right? Yeah. But it, what. Did the children of Israel call the bread they gathered in the morning? Manna. 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 What is this? What is this? What is this? What is this? So any manna, so God provides manna and, and, and gives them some instructions, right? So any manna that was left until the next morning bred worms and stank. And so the point was you get just enough for the, for the one day. Right. And of right? course the Sabbath right. is the focal point here. That's too. correct. So on the sixth day they gathered double in preparation for the That's Sabbath. Right. So that they wouldn't go out on the Sabbath, and guess what? It didn't grow worms and stink when they right. when they did the double portion. So that's gross. So if I were on Monday to collect double or triple, then by Tuesday, Wednesday, it would be smelly. I wonder and if, I wonder if, the, if you look at that's maggots, the worms. Probably does it go back to Beelzebub, the oh, Lord of the Flies? Yuck. I know. Yeah. Ooh. So there would be no manna found on the seventh day, um, and so again. You collect enough on the on the sixth day for both the sixth and the seventh day, and you do that in the so morning. So he's preparing them for a holy day. That's right. And the manna tasted like wafers made with honey. Oh, man, those are good. I'll tell you what. Um, That's pretty good. You know, what this makes me think of, I imagine that manna tastes like Biscoff cookies. You ever been on a plane, and they give you those little coffee cookies? You know what I'm talking about? There's little Biscoff cookies interesting oh, from man. denmark or something I, something like that they're they're like scandinavian in some way shape or form i believe um and so those are just i think really good um and so i imagine that that's what manna tasted like now of course i have no recipe for manna in reality um because i don't think they did either they didn't know what they were what it was and hey so, we, i know you went into the manna tastes like wafers made with honey but if you could read i love this exodus sixteen twenty eight. All right, let's do it. Because he hadn't even given them the, the Torah and the commandments yet or anything. No. But check out this. Read that verse, Exodus sixteen twenty eight. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long refuse ye to keep my commandments and my laws? So what is he talking about in this case? Sabbath. When you're supposed to collect Shabbat. the manna. Right. So he's given them the lowdown here orally. Yeah. You know. So I think that's cool. You can continue on. Yep. Yep, Absolutely. Um, and so an omer full of manna was put into a pot for future generations. And they took this pot and they put it in the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the right. Covenant. That's cool. That's right. And the children of Israel ate manna for? 40 years. 40 years. Now listen, I like those Biscoff cookies, okay? And when I get on a plane, 
I'm always excited to see if they have them, right? Sometimes it's peanuts, sometimes it's... I'm like, I'm really disappointed if I get pretzels. I'm not a big pretzel fan. Of course, you're not flying much now, which is no, good. No, no, not you as really much. really don't need to go out. Not as much as I used to. But when I get on a plane and they got the Biscoff cookies, I'm excited. Oh but if I had to eat them for 40 years straight, <laughs> I don't know that I'm going to be as excited about Biscoff cookies anymore. You know, looking at a pattern here real quick, Ryan, before you go into 17, Yeah. Um, I want to just share something with you guys that... They they took a pot of this manna, which is a measurement of an omer, and they, they said, okay, this is going to go in the ark. So that's provision. Right. That's our provision. God has to provide for us. Sure. Or we're going to be in trouble. Right. We know what famines can do, pestilence, all this stuff. We, we talk about it, uh, hunger and, and thirst and all these. So he says, okay, I'm going to provide. I'm going to be a provider. You're going to yeah. have sustenance. But we don't go without, do we? No, I don't. We probably waste. Yeah. So- that's going to go in the ark. Then what's the next thing that's going to really go in the ark but the Ten Commandments, the Testament. Yeah. So now that you have provision, keep my laws, keep my instructions. Uh, See? Uh-huh. But then Aaron's rod went in there. So those three things make up life as, and the very sustenance of life. Have provision, have instructions, have good leadership. So the Torah gives you the peace. Right. The manna gives you the provision. Right. And the rod gives you the protection. The leadership. It's peace, so, so, provision, protection. So what's happening, Ryan, today is, remember, they established Aaron's rod. Yes. So today, God's going to have to establish the rod of authority and leadership. Amen. For the times in which we live. Who's been given that authority? Right. Who are we following? False prophets, false leaders, hirelings. So when you see provision and instructions, the leader is there to put it all together. Right. And then you, you're going to make it. Say, that's a good word. I want to make it. That's a good word. Say, that's, that's a good a, word. That's a good word. I want to make it. Because I like that. You yeah. know, that's why we got to learn to submit. It means to get under and support. Yeah. All right, let's continue on. All right, so Exodus, good here. Exodus chapter 17. When the children of Israel complained of thirst in Horeb, so they complained of hunger first, now they're complaining um, of thirst, what did Moses have to do to the rock in order for the water to be provided? Okay, he tells them to strike the rock this time. God tells them to he strike He tells the them rock. to strike it. Right. Not to speak to it. Remember, he got in trouble later when right. God said, speak to it, and he struck it. So he was disobedient enough to where he couldn't go in the promised land. So really and truly, you could not cuss, not drink, not smoke, and still be in sin. Yeah. So if God tells you to do something and you don't do it, it's sin. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Think about this, Ryan. God is showing me the reconciliation of Jews and Gentiles to receive the hand of the Jewish people in respect of them and, Ju- and Judaism. Mm-hmm. What if I don't do that? I've sinned. Yeah, I agree. Because I'm disobedient. Now, I'm not trying to put that on anybody else, but if he's asking me to do this and right. extend my hand right. to his hand or Judah's hand, I'm going to be obedient. Whew. So if, if, am I receiving blessings? Is God doing things for me personally and for my family in this church? I say yes. I believe because we're obedient. Amen. Obedience brings the blessing. There's no doubt so, about that. And, and the blessings many times are intrinsic in the obedience. So I'm going to read verses 5 and 6 here of chapter 17. It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people, and take with thee of the elders of Israel, and thy rod wherewith thou smotest the river. Take in thine hand and go. So this is, he used this rod to smite the river uh, the Nile. To make it blood, yeah. Or is this maybe the body of water that was split? Right. Um, and of course, that was Aaron. Right. And so, behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, and the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders 
of Israel. So uh, God told him this time, gave him specific instructions, just as you did this before, where you smote the water, now smite the rock and do the same thing and gave him specific instructions. And I make a big deal of that just because uh, later on, we see where he has to bring water out of the rock, and he's supposed to speak to it and not smite it, and God gave him those instructions later. And so, um, moving on, what enemy came to Rephidim to fight against Israel, and whom did Moses appoint to select the men for So the basically, we have the grandson of Esau, the, 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 the mean and one and only Amalek. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, his name means dweller in the veil. Yeah, I believe so. And... Uh, and so he wreaks uh, havoc. You know, he, he's 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 considered part of the family, the grandson of Esau. He's a cousin. And he's coming after he's coming after Israel. Now, Ryan, I want to point something out to you. What's the fifth test that, that Israel failed to do that Paul warned against to the Church of Corinth? Murmuring. Complaining. Murmuring, complaining brings the enemy back into your life. Ugh. So so once we don't do that, that, I've (laughs) since I I had to pray this and and get my home fixed. But but so the word submit means to get under and and support in regards to this, because Moses brought to the top of the hill Aaron and her. When Moses hands were held up, Israel prevailed. When Moses let his hands down, Amalek prevailed. And this is all about support. So Joshua and the children of Israel defeat Amalek. Yes. So we got to be careful because, you know, when we murmur and complain, here comes the enemy. And we're seeing that in our government, in our culture, even in sports. I mean, we can just see it. And so a memorial was written in a book that the Lord will put out the remembrance of Amalek, you know. Uh, and, of course, uh, you know, we, we can see that uh, being played out. So, once again, it shows a lot of cool things. It shows us that we do have an enemy. He will attack us. How do we fight him? Through supporting one another, helping one another. And that's how, uh, you know, it's interesting that uh, the House of Israel coming back together we have a valley of dry bones, two sticks coming together, then the battle of Gog and Magog. So see, Judah cannot fight these battles alone. More people need to come alongside. Yeah. And and just like the 12 tribes and to do a great battle. Right. So I'm going to leave it at that. But once again, you know, it's like with me and, and my, my board at the church and the leadership. Can't do it without them. You can't do it without leadership. Yeah. And so it, one, one guy said to me one time, he says, you know what? He said, you're the shepherd and we're the sheepdogs. We run the perimeter. We help to protect and, and help you. Yeah. I like that. The yeah. shepherd and the sheepdogs. So I'm going to read verses 15 and 16 to finish this out. It says, And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nisi, Yahweh Nisi, which means um, the Lord is my banner, the Lord my banner. And he says, For he said, Because the Lord hath sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. And, and so, who, who came from Amalek? Uh, Porum story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, Haman, Haman, who is an Agagite, right? Um, and so it just, you know, th- that's the whole thing, right? Being obedient to God. God told Saul to to wipe him out. And what did he do? He left the king alive. And then, right. and then you have a resentful king. It's not like the king was like, oh, thank you so much for leaving me alive. No, no, no. Now he and his descendants have their bullseye on you and your descendants and Sam, the, the great time. prophet, chopped him up in little pieces. Right. Yeah, top chef. <laughs> chop, chop. Samuel seems like a tough guy, man. I know. That guy's no joke. I mean, Yeah. Something ah. like, yeah, no. So, so going back to this, the Lord is my banner, the Lord my banner, Jehovah Nisi. In Isaiah eleven twelve, it says, uh, And he shall set up an ensign for the nations, and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel, and gather 
um, to gather the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. That's me. I'm just saying that it goes into some other things. I'm but an ensign. From the nations. Yeah. That's me. That's an ensign. Me. The outcasts of Israel. So an ensign is a banner. Yeah. You know? So you know when you go to war and you see like these these things and they have these like poles with the flags on top and you can know that this is yeah. that division, this is that oh, division. Yeah. They do that because, you know, back in the day when they're when they're you know, right. moving troops and stuff, the people back, you know, behind you up on the hill have to be able to say, Okay, this needs to go over here. Hey, this group flank over there. Look, God is putting his oh, banner yeah, over us. Amen. Right. It's awesome. And you know what and happens you when rewards. you carry God's banner? The enemy flees. And you get the rewards. They don't want no piece of that. You get the rewards. That's I can right. see it. You know, God brought this rod into my life recently. Yeah. The banners are coming, baby. Yeah, baby. So why don't you close this out with what two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion based Shalak when he sent from a consensus of the group. Yep. So my first one was to trust God. We talked earlier about not fearing. And I put, if you put your trust in God, he will deliver you. I just, I believe that. You trust God. He's not going to disappoint you. Okay, I mean, that's just a, a basic fundamental truth. Sometimes he may not give us the answer we want. And sometimes you're the saying wo- trust. Yes. That goes with trusting. Yes. Then surrendering. Oh, man. Then comes a transformation. Listen, you're getting carried away. That's but, but it's good, though, because we do need to trust him. Yes. Now we want to surrender. And that's the process. I mean, I wave this white flag. I'm just want to yeah. do it. You know? And then the transformation comes. Yeah. So don't give up in the process. Yeah. So those, maybe you still have to trust him. Yeah. You have to trust him. Because well, you can't surrender if you don't, you don't trust. trust. Exactly right. Exactly right. Exactly right. And um, then my second one uh, was about he is the Lord. He is Yahweh. And all through the beginning of Exodus, God is showing that he is the one whose team you want to be on. And let me just tell you, it's important to pick sides. That's it. And whatever side God is on, that's the side that you should pick. You need to know it. And that's what I got. That's awesome. You pray us out. All right. Father, we just thank you for getting into the word and the word getting to us. Father, there's three things that we have to overcome. And we can actually see this even in this Torah portion. Uh, We need to overcome Satan, uh, the 17 works of the flesh, and the worldly system. Uh, We don't want to lose our soul. What is it to gain the world and lose our soul? So, Father, we think that this is actually even played out as they were hungering and thirsting. And and you just provided for them. Uh, And then, of course, the enemy came back into their life because of the complaining. So help us not to murmur, Father. Help us to overcome those five tests of Israel, and, and which Paul makes mention in the Church of Corinth, Father. We just thank you for what you're doing, Father. We are so grateful. We want to, of course, uh, uh, enter your gates with thanksgiving and then your courts with Hallelujah. praise. Forgive us, Father, for murmuring and complaining. We are so grateful. We thank you for your provision, your protection, your guidance. Father, we lift up to you the whole house of Israel that it will be restored and regathered. And we ask this in the name of all names, the name of Yeshua of Nazareth, A. Amen. Amen. And amen. Well, let's blow the show far. Yeah. Oh, let's. All right, I'm going to sit right here. All right. We're going to blow it. Blow. Man. Praise God. Drop the. Drop the show far. Drop the show far. <laughs> All right, guys. Wow. If you guys want to reach out to me or us, you can email me at ryan at dot You can also uh, on our Facebook uh, page or on our YouTube channel. You can put comments there. Um, we can see those when they come in, and we respond to those just the same way and so we'd love to hear from you love your feedback and all of those things as always my email address is ryan at twopraise.net ryan at twopraise.net god bless you guys 
Have a great week.